You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Here's RG3. He's going to run for the first down. And still on his feet, RG3 is going to outrace everybody. 3-2. Here it is. The Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history. show is brought to you by Christ I can't find it the hell with it it's called Pirate Radio welcome everybody it's your boy MC Brooks here uh, with another edition of GGR post game Mike is not here I'm taking over the host duties for you all tonight and uh, tonight we'll be talking about the Washington Commanders the newly named Washington Commanders and about their offseason and what they uh, what they have going on right now. Um, initially had a couple other guests planned, but tonight my boy JR is going to be uh, in this discussion with me as we talk about the Commanders and kind of the big news that came out this week. So, uh, you know, what up, JR? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well yourself. I'm good. I'm good, man. Uh, well, I'm good outside yeah. of this, <laughs> if, I do, if, I, if I do say so. But before we get into the... Um, conversation make sure all of you listening uh go to our website greekyrefuge.com you can find this podcast you can find a ton of our other content uh such as at the diner such as the overflow with mc brooks and a ton of other things make sure you also go follow us on all of our social media we are great geek refuge on everything from twitter instagram as well as patreon so you know make sure you go check that check us out there all right so let's let's jump uh right on into this so my original plan for this was to just have a general discussion about the commanders, kind of, you know, what they, what they should do, you know, going into free agency next week, what they should go into, you know, for the draft. Now, unfortunately, you know, a wrench got thrown into my plans when my nightmare scenario became real life today. And they send two third round picks off to Indianapolis for Carson Wentz quarterback who is now on his third team in a year and a half. And I see people online already trying to talk themselves into uh, this guy joining the team. 
Now, is he arguably an upgrade over what is currently on the roster? Sure. Sure. Is he is he is he probably better than Taylor Heineke at this point? Yeah, sure. Uh better than Kyle Allen? Sure. Well, Kyle's a free agent now, but is he better than what we have? Sure. But is he good enough to get this team where they say they would like to go? I personally don't think so. But uh you let me know. What was your reaction when you saw this news earlier today? Uh I literally was sitting there. I I I I think I was on Twitter and then and I was thinking like this has got to be like fake or something because I was like Adam Schefter and I'm thinking like maybe they got the name to spell and then I saw the blue verification I'm like oh my god no and then I went back and was saw the game and I'm just like I was just like what are they thinking I mean this is and I and I'm gonna be very honest and transparent with you I said this move screams desperation um, I can understand Washington being the position that they are in. Um, beggars can't be choosers, but you literally chose a guy who Indianapolis traded for, gave up a one for, they got rid of, which I don't know how Ballard did it. And I'm really disappointed in Marty Mayhew and Marty Herney because they got they got fleeced. And he they get a third round pick, they take all full Washington takes his full salary, and I'm sitting here like, no dead money. And I'm just like, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe they let this happen. And I'm just like, I just was shaking my head. And the thing about this that really bothers me, though, everybody seems to be turning a blind eye to the fact that Indianapolis gave up a number one pick for him, and they got rid of him for two third-rounders, and they have no starters. On their roster right now. Yep. And nobody seems to care. The whole entire, I'm going to be very transparent honest with you. Washington fans are just turning turn a blind eye to this, and I don't understand how. I don't know why. And like I said it, to you, common sense is, is not common in that fan base. It's just not. Oh, not at all. No, no, I'm, 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 no, I'm, I'm completely in the same, same boat as you. I actually had, I hadn't been on Twitter much today at all. And then I just I just happened to go on there because I was looking for I was looking to uh, look something else up, and then I see Carson Wentz is trending, and I'm like, okay, what like what's he like for some reason I like Twitter likes to send me like Philadelphia stuff, so I was like, okay, maybe like Eagles fans are like they're like he's trending because they're talking about him or something. Like I I was not thinking much of anything about it, and then I just so happened to like scroll down, and I don't remember. I don't know. I don't remember if it was JP. It actually might have been Mark Bullock. So, someone had quote tweeted someone else talking about Wentz. And I was like, oh, God, please don't tell me. And then I immediately I click on his name. I click on his name. And the first thing I see is Adam Schefter's tweet. And you know, I, I see the blue check mark. And I'm like, this was option three. That, like this was this was option. This, this was the best option. Like you swung and you missed on Russell on Russell Wilson because obviously uh, Seattle didn't want to didn't want to uh, trade him here. He didn't want, they didn't want to trade him in the NFC. And, and also, it also came out earlier today that he also personally turned down coming here uh-huh. yep. uh, because uh, because of the no trade clause. He was not he was all he was also not willing to waive his no trade clause to come to either here or Philadelphia, regardless right. of what the what the what the offer was. So. I thought that this was like I I I thought that I just had I, I had to be tripping I had to be joking 
like 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 some like I was misreading the internet. Mm-hmm. Like like yep. you know so, someone else with a verified account had just like made them name had made them like like a darn Schefter or something like that and and we're just trolling everyone. And it turns out that that's not the case. And then like I immediately just yelled out like what the fuck? <laughs> just what just what the fuck? Because if you think about it, so much of Rivera, like aside from the off the field stuff, as far as on the field, aside from making the playoffs in year one, so much of Rivera's tenure has has directly mirrored Mike Shanahan's uh, a decade ago. You you know you come you you come here have a you know the aging vet in Alex Smith ten years ago was Don Donovan McNabb. Uh, last year, you're like you know, what if we just try the guys that we got? A decade ago, it was John Beck and Rex Grossman. This year, it was uh, Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then, like, if we follow, if we follow the 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 you know the the theme here, you would think, okay, this would be the year. This is the year they're gonna go get. They're gonna get. They're gonna go get a young quarterback, and maybe Rivera, you know, doesn't repeat the mistakes of of a of a Shanahan in terms of how they structure the team around him. And in terms of how how dependent they're going to have to be on this young rookie, seemingly going into the upcoming season, but right. you know all of that is completely out the window now. And you know Carson Wentz is is here, and like it it's it's crazy to me because I see so many people trying to do the the glass half full thing with him, which you know which is uh you know two two years ago. He threw for 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. You know, just this past year, he uh, I think he had like over 3,500 uh, yards, uh, 27 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Which, like right. on the surface, that doesn't sound too 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 bad. I mean, it would be better than what we've had here, but doesn't that doesn't sound too bad? But here's the other thing that people are not missing. And I, I actually just brought this up too. He didn't throw for 200 yards, or excuse me, he only threw for 200 yards twice in the final eight games of the season. Correct. I, I don't understand how anyone is supposed to get excitement from from this. Because, like, the other side of it, and I'm going to pass it back to you in a second here, like, think about everything that the fan base has endured over the last two years. You know, ever since they, they went about the, re, the, the, the renaming project, right? Attendance has been down. I mean, they missed the year because of COVID. Then last year, attendance was was down. You have all of these damaging videos coming out come out that make FedEx Field literally look like a shithole. <laughs> and you know, they're, they're they're like Jason Wright is doing all these things that are seemingly supposed to ignite the fan base and get people excited. What, what's what, like how is PR supposed to spend Carson Wentz? For next season, I honestly don't. I can't even answer that question honestly. I, I don't know how they do it. Um, this this is just just a, this is a, a clusterfuck overall. Everything I just think <laughs> this this is just a bomb waiting to go wrong because I, I I think you saw that I posted an article something that you have criticized um, Carson Wentz about ever since he got drafted. I think you remember I liked him. Because uh, Mike Mayock was a fan of his. Oh, yeah. Mayock, mm-hmm. right or wrong, he got to the Super Bowl, which he did. He did take him. His play kind of got them to the Eagles to the Super Bowl. 
He didn't get the start, but his play did get him there. And I was like, you know, Mayock said it says something that he was he saw something that was just special. And that year he was, you know, he was kind of right. I mean, I remember, I remember a game against against Washington where it was like Washington was going to sack him. He literally got out. He got he ducked his head, got underneath every rusher. And oh yeah, I remember. Said, I think I was at that like, game. Was that here? Because I, I feel like I might have been. No, that was in Washington. Okay, so yeah, it was here. So I felt like I, I might have been. I think I was at that at, at that game too, frustrated because I remember seeing two two of the linemen get home. Yeah, and he outsend both of them. I think Kerrigan was one. Yeah, yeah, which wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. And then I was like, man, this kid may be special. He might be special. And I just kind of just you know left it alone. And he you know he enjoyed. It. He had that good year. He enjoyed it. And then the wheels came off. He got injured, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then he went to Philadelphia and then everything. I think that year when they they benched him for Hurts and it, um, that kid I used to play in Washington. I forgot Nate Sutterfield. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was just you know that was a horrible situation and. Oh yeah. I think Doug Peterson was just trying to get rid of him and and you know they traded to him but when Indianapolis traded him, I said like, okay he's got a shot because. I'm a big Frank Reich guy. I think Frank. Oh Reich yeah, no, is, Frank Reich is a is brilliant. It's a quarterback whisper, and I'm like he can probably he can turn him around. And I heard you know like you know I live in I live in Ohio, so Indiana is like only one state, and it's like literally I border Indiana. So I kind of you know followed him. He's having a good camp and all this. Heard how his leadership was kind of showing up. I was like, okay, he might rebound, and then he kind of started to. Then the wheels came off again. Oh yeah. And then the, the thing is, and I, I'm going to have to subscribe to the athletic because the athletic has a lot of they cover the NFL and they got a lot of people who are unbiased or uncensored. And I think I posted a, that article in the group in the in the group where it pretty much just he really just is kind of a just he just wants to be a guy. He doesn't want to be a leader, which I don't know yeah. if you're a quarterback, you want you, you're going to have to be a leader, and I. Yeah. Don't know if that's going to work out in Washington. And then the, my big question is, if he can't get he, – he was with a quarterback whisperer, a guy that really is not that hard-nosed of a coach. He's coming to Washington, the Gardner Scott Turner and Ron Rivera, who are going to be the polar opposite of that. Can he really take that kind of coaching? And I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. He can't – He and plus he doesn't really handle criticism that well, so. Yeah, what that, that was the thing I was that was the thing I was going to bring up because we 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 saw that like Doug Peterson is pretty universally loved, uh, not only for what he did in Philly but just across the NFL. You know, like you know we were when he when he got the Jacksonville job, you know it that we were still in the middle of just uh, you know the the hiring cycle. Brian Flores had launched his uh, his lawsuit by then, so like who was being hired was like a, was like a hot topic, and, and I remember. I remember everyone from from Stephen A. Smith to to Shannon Sharp to to a number of others just being like, if there's in if there's one white coach that deserved to get a job this cycle because of what happened to him, it was Doug Peterson. And Doug Peterson ultimately, I feel like, ends up looking right in this like in that in the aftermath of that. You know, he 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 ended up he ended up looking he ends up looking right because it fell apart for Wentz when when he when he left. So it and 
So it's interesting you mentioned too that tw- that 2019 year because I actually just responded to someone in the group about this too uh, when they mentioned that uh, you know that you know just in 2019 he had he had these these really great numbers. Um, I you know I you know how I am I'm not a big you know just raw raw numbers raw stats like raw numbers and stats are cool you can use them they can they can definitely give you insight but they can't be the end all be all for how you are judging how good or how bad someone is you always have to marry that with with the film what the film says and since I myself don't dedicate that time to it anymore there are a number of resources that I go to. In order to you know to, to to get an understanding of how well or how poorly uh, you know certain people are playing, and so one of the resources I looked up is QB Data Mine on on Twitter, and unfortunately he's not it's not an active account anymore, but it's still open. You can still search for several of their older uh, for several of their older tweets, and I, you know just out of curiosity, I went and looked up you know where they had Wentz ranked in that. 20 in uh, that 2019 season let me tell you and like this number completely shocked me he had 26 dropped interceptions in 2019 and there were and like the number itself was crazy but there was also video to accompany it and it didn't have all 26 but you could tell on all of them that there were a number of times like he threw directly to a linebacker that was drifting like where he was trying to throw the ball there were a number of times uh, where he, he he threw these Hail Mary passes up on deep passes and the safety just so happened to, uh, you know, just, just just happened to not catch it. In fact, one of the uh, dropped picks in that game is uh, one you'll remember. It's uh, when when they played Washington, I think the early game, uh, the first game of the season or the early game of this or, um, or like one of those first early games of the season. And there was a deep throw and Kendall Fuller was back. And he went up and he caught it, but when he fell and hit the ground, it slipped out of his hands and and, and hit the ground, obviously. Um, and there were just like countless examples of this, and I'm like, oh, oh goodness, like I okay, like I expect to see, you know, like that, like because I, I, he's never had the best ball security, but 26 dropped interceptions is is a lot, and that number was only more even more emphasized to me when I looked at what happened in 2020. He led the intercept. He led the NFL in interceptions, and he only played 12 games that year before he got benched. Like he he had he had 15, and then he had an additional 13 that were dropped. So like if I kind of you know do the do the math on it, yeah, he had eight more interceptions in four less games from 2019 to 2020. Like that, like for me, hard pass. I I don't like I I can't work with that. You know, Josh Allen is another guy that I was not very high on, but he also like completely underwent. uh, He completely underwent a retooling of how he plays the position because year one of Josh Allen was a disaster. Years two to current of Josh Allen have been spectacular because he's a totally, totally different quarterback. And it's like it's very night and day with Carson. You see a lot of the same issues that he had from that rookie season even then in that 2017 uh, year pop up again where he's he's just very reckless with his body very reckless in taking hits very reckless with the ball he threw a he threw an interception on the one yard line 
and and had like the the like and threw an interception into his own end zone, which is crazy. I I haven't seen that since Rob Jackson picked off whoever Cincinnati's quarterback was uh, back in 2012. Like I, I I have never seen anything like that. But it was literally a you know I'm on the one yard line. I'm about to be sacked. Let me just yolo the ball up in the air. Um, to I don't remember who the defender who the defender was, but they they just literally just caught the ball in the end zone. It was a, it was a pick six. Like that's what that's the Carson Wentz that I'm familiar with, and the, the Carson Wentz that I feel like you know we're gonna get. And you're right. I don't know how like he doesn't respond well to criticism, so I can't imagine. I mean, like we heard how Ron Rivera talked about Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> You know, uh, his first year here. I can't imagine how, like, how he's going to talk about Carson when Carson does some of that same reckless stuff. And he's 29 years old. You know, like, it's not like this. He's a young guy that you can kind of coach some of this stuff out of. Like, he's been this guy for the better part of a few years now. Yep. And so, you know, like, it's, I, I don't, uh, it's, it's, it's frustrating because, like, you and you can give. In fact, I'll ask you. So, as far as you know, like if they had not done this and gone for Carson Wentz, um, is there a free agent quarterback you you think uh, they sh- could have gotten or someone that they should have gone after instead of making this trade? I know people won't like. I I, I think people won't like this, but they like Trubisky. I said I could deal with Trubisky, but then I have a spot for Trubisky. I think you know that yeah. I'm a big NCAA. 2014 video game <laughs> yeah. player. So I played that game, and I actually played with North Carolina, and I played with a wide-open offense, and he really did well for me. So I'm not going to – I don't like the bad mouth Trubisky. He maybe he has some – maybe he has some upside to him. He is only 27, so I can't write him off. They did make the playoffs underneath him. Credit to that defense. Yeah. I mean, maybe Trubisky. But the thing is, like, maybe he wouldn't want it because he's going to get paid. Unfortunately, he's going to get paid. He's going to get yeah. paid probably more than $10 million a year. And I, I think Washington want to offer him $10 million, but his market is going to it's gonna be more than $10 million. And I thought well, Jameis I, – I was like this morning, the, the, Jameis was the guy. And I was like, yeah, I'm cool with that. And then all of a sudden it's – we go to Wentz, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. Though. I'm with you though. Like Trubisky wasn't high on on my list, but I, I think that there is something there. I mean, we we have a recent example of a quarterback being in a uh, being under a bad offensive coach, and then going somewhere else and being successful. Ryan That's- Tannehill. Brian Tannehill yeah. was under Gase and was really bad. <laughs> it, it was not well. I won't say it was really bad, but he was really inconsistent under Gase. And then you see what happens when he 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 goes to Tennessee and he seemingly becomes the quarterback that I kind of saw him as when he was in Miami, but saw that he was also being really limited by you know their their really bad receiving core and. Adam Gase, who we know, who we now know to not be a, who to not be any good at his job. So, with Trubisky, for me, I would say Matt Nagy had like he had some success there, but you can there's obviously there, there's there's talent there. He was taken number two overall. He was he was likely going to be a first round pick that year, regardless of what Chicago did. So there's clearly something there. 
So may, maybe you can if you get him under uh, someone else. Uh, if, if you get him under in, in Sky Turner's offense, um, maybe he he has that kind of success because you you have Terry McLaurin who will be one of the best receive probably the best receiver he's played with. No shade to Allen Robinson, but like probably the best receiver he's played with. You he 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 would have a healthy Curtis Samuel. I I expect them to draft a receiver this year. No shade yeah. to Deami Brown, but I think they're they're definitely going to draft another receiver this year. Um, what's uh DeAndre Carter showed himself last year to be a really good slot receiver. Um, when he played, so I think that if Trubisky had come here, yeah, like I I think they could have had some some success. I don't think he might have been the long term answer, but I would feel more comfortable about this upcoming season and hell even next year, um, if if he were to be the guy. Personally, my 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 choice would have been Marcus Mariota, um, because I I see what happened for him for me, what I saw in Tennessee was he had um. Who was the coach they had before Vrabel? Um, the uh, I can't I can't remember. But he had like four offensive coordinators in, in, in five years, if I remember correctly. Right. Um, which which is and 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 to be honest, like he didn't have a receiver worth a damn until AJ Brown, and like that that was that was that was kind of it, you know. So like I like I I think that there's talent there. I remember that comeback game that he led against uh, Kansas City in the playoffs. Um, I think that there's something there. There's something there, and like I've, I've just been, I've been, I'm much higher on him than I know a lot of other people are. But he would have been, he would have been my pick. Like him or Trubisky coming into this, uh, coming into this, uh, this off season, uh, going into next year. Um, I, I think they would have been upgrades over Heineke, but I also feel like if you had gotten either Trubisky or Mariota, it 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 wouldn't have impeded you from drafting a quarterback this year. Whether that whether that would have been Pickett or Willis or Corral or or whomever, uh, that would have been in the in the first or in like the top rounds of um, of this draft. But unfortunately, we got Wentz, we got uh, we got fleeced. Because um, you mentioned they are take they are unfortunately taking on his entire salary, and there there is an article from the Athletic, and I don't I don't know whose article it is because it was a screen cap that was sent to me, but the original offer was only a fourth round pick and a sixth round pick. That's correct. So it's for me it feels really crazy that they got talked down from a fourth and a sixth, which you know, I think most of us would have been comfortable with to two thirds, one of which are next year's that can become a second. If he plays 70% of the snaps this year, there's definitely doubt. There's doubt. And, there. Oh yeah. No, I honestly, I have the over under like 10 games that he plays. Like, I don't, I don't think we'll get much that's more. Not, that's that. not what I predict. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I don't I don't think we'll get uh, much more than that. Actually, I think it, it might not even be a snap thing. It may be seventy percent of the games. I mean, I'll, I'll have to, to to check up on that. But it just makes me it, it. I don't understand how they got talked down from that. And honestly, the the only benefit I could see with the salary, uh, with taking on the full salary, is that it. Uh, it makes it easier for them to walk to just completely walk away from him next year. 
and and with you know like if they attempt to do a restructure that you know if you're Carson why would you agree to take less money unless you're guaranteed to like unless you're guaranteed to get more than just this upcoming season and I, I don't think Carson would would take a pay cut nope uh unless he had that guarantee and honestly with Ron and the and and um the Martys I don't think um I don't think they want to I don't think they want to commit themselves to uh to him beyond this year either cuz I, I really uh, this for me this does really reek of desperation you yes, know and 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 it, and it speaks to like the kind of sobering reality that nobody wants to come here which is i think yeah. something that both you and I have echoed for like a while now like nobody wants to come here uh, like unless you're an aging veteran that's just looking to get paid, a la Ryan Clark 2013. Um, like no one wants to come here, so like your options are going to be you're either going to overpay, or you're gonna have to draft someone. And I want to get your opinion on this because I've I've mentioned this too that like I find it fascinating that, and and I know you're I know you're gonna feel a way when I say this name, but last year. We went into that draft knowing that we not only needed a quarterback, but we needed linebacker help too. And, you know, obviously we ended up going with Jamin Davis uh, as the first round pick. He had a pretty okay, okay year. Um, and I think he'll be better once he, uh, once he gets moved over to um, uh, uh, the will spot or playing outside linebacker, wherever. But it was interesting that it came out that they didn't want to give up the picks to move up in the first round to get Justin Fields or even Mac Jones, who would have been available at, uh, at 10 or 11. Right. So I thought it was interesting that they were not willing to give up the compensation for that to guarantee that you at least get a young quarterback. But this year they were willing to give up. They were willing to swap second round picks and move further back in the second round and then give up your third this year and your third next year for Carson Wentz, who, who, you know, is limited. And, and the, the, the third round thing is significant because the only two, the only two thousand yard players you had on your roster this year in both Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin were both third round picks. So, I want to get to like, what do you think about that? The fact that they were unwilling to give up these picks for a young QB last year. I know you didn't want fields to come here, but uh, someone in fields or Mac Jones, you know, last year, but they're willing to like give up comp like more compensation than they needed to for, for a Carson Wentz. Um, this is kind of goes. This is gonna probably look like it's a shot at Ron, but I got a question, you know, his ability to evaluate offensive talent. And I think you heard me kind of echo this, is he's not really that good when it comes to offensive talent. Defensive yeah. talent, he's, he's pretty spot on. Offensive talent, mm, kind of hit or miss. And I, I this kind of, this is a shot at Ron. I don't know if he's, if he's, well, I think I, I, think I can say, safely say this. This team needed a veteran. And I think right now, Whatever happened with Dwayne, and, you know, I know Ron has said good things about Dwayne. Dwayne grows up. He said Ron has said that when he grows up, he's going to be a killer in the league. And I, I kind of agree. And he seems to be 
one thing Dwayne had to do was find somebody that's for him outside of his little domestic incident. That girl seems to be the right girl for him, and he seems to kind of be selling down in Pittsburgh. But yeah, 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 for sure. He, 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 he needs a veteran. He needs somebody that can kind of take that, that, that team over and kind of be that. Unfortunately, be a leader, but that's not Wentz. That's Wentz. That's not Wentz's personality. I don't know how that's going to match. Exactly. Um, um, I'm actually curious though about what you think they go in the draft because. I've got a feeling where they're going to go. I don't want them to go here. I don't want them to do it, but I've got a feeling this is where they're going to probably go in the draft. And I'm going to say it. I don't like it. I don't want to say it, but I think it's either going to be Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. And if I had to choose, I'll choose Garrett Wilson because he has probably the best up the more upside between him and Olave. He is probably more dynamic receiver. And I don't think being as being watching him for about two years at Ohio State, the sky's the limit. He his sky is the limit. He him and the kid from USC, Drake London, I think uh, yeah. probably the two of the two of the best receivers to come out of this draft because if you want you want somebody to get the ball the highest point, they can get that get the ball the highest point. Him and Drake London can go to that highest point and get that ball and make acrobatic catches, do all those things that you need. And he also he can he is speed inability to separate is just is phenomenal. I think his upside is is beyond off the charts. I really think if they go Gary Wilson, how much I don't want to see another Buckeye in Washington, I can understand why. So I'm not going to really complain about that. Um, <laughs> now I've heard rumors they may like Kyle Hamilton, which Kyle oh Hamilton, he's not going to be there at eleven. There's there's no I chance. Well, because here's the thing. I've seen I've seen them mocking the two to Detroit, but also I hear Detroit likes Malik Willis, which kind of makes sense because they're not that high. I don't think they're really that high on golf. I think golf has one more year left, I think. And and, and that would honestly that would that would be a good pick as long as they could secure that uh, that Willis won't see the field, you know this this year because because I, I like I'm. I, I love Malik Willis. For me, he has the most upside, I think, of yeah. any quarterback yeah. uh, in this in this upcoming draft. Um, I, I like him more than Pickett. I like him more than Corral. I, I th- again, I think his ceiling, I think his his uh, his his upside is is infinitely higher. And I, and honestly, I think he has the best arm of the arm talent of anyone there. There are just a number of things that he definitely needs to refine, um, like the fact that for some reason Liberty just did not throw over the middle of the field, and I I don't know if that's a if that's if it's because it's something Willis just wasn't great at, or if it was just like the nature of their offense that they were mostly focused on you know outside. Um, but yeah, Detroit would be would be a, a good place for Willis if he if he were to uh, if he were to end up there. He can sit behind Goff for, for a year. Uh, they can they can get off Goff next year. Yep. He can come in. Uh, he can he can you know he can be the starter. He'll have a year under his belt. He can use that to get some more familiarity with uh, some of the receivers like Amara St. Brown, which mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted Amara St. Brown in Washington, and, and I'm I'm happy that he is that he is succeeding in Detroit because I absolutely wanted him, I absolutely wanted him here. But to go back to your 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 draft your uh, your draft question, I actually wanted to wait to get into the draft stuff, but we can do this now. Um, receiver. 
I, I do th- considering that they won't have money, and I don't think they were really going after a receiver in free agency anyway. I think, uh, yeah, I think yeah. receiver is 100% on the board at, at 11. Now, Kyle Hamilton would be my selection if I like if if he like if he's there at 11. Even if a quarterback was there, he's, I probably would have been, I probably yeah I probably would have been like you have to take him. That that you have not had a safety here since Sean Taylor. Exactly. Dra- like draft that man, put him back there, and 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 let him be your your free safety for the next ten to fifteen years. Like that's how that's how much I I've, I was high on him, like in the middle of the college season, and when I when I had some of the people I follow in the college ball like. His name just was one that just kept popping up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, no, this 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 dude is bad." Like we we yeah, he need like I need him in, in the burgundy and gold asap. So, but the thing is, I like most of the mocks I've seen have him coming off the board. I've seen him go to Detroit. I've seen him even um, uh, come off in the um, in in um uh, in the, like just in the top ten, like before it's like somewhere. Uh, before I heard it, I saw him go. There was a uh, one where he was going to I think Minnesota. Um, yeah. That. Um, I can't remember. I can't think of the the other the other team. I think no, I don't think it was the Giants. Um, but yeah, some some they they were you know a, a few other teams that he was he was going to be mocked to. But if if he's there, then yeah, he he would absolutely be my pick. But um, yeah, I've I've a hundred percent seen Chris Olave there at, at as the pick at eleven. Um, I've seen uh, this was one I saw actually just before we started recording here. Devin Lloyd, uh, linebacker, um, uh, over over Nicobe Dean. Uh, honestly, like if both were both one of them. I think it, it actually had been. Uh, it was I think it was Todd McShay's uh, most recent mock draft. That's that I saw he had us taking. Uh, uh, yeah, taking Devin Lloyd at uh, at linebacker instead of uh, quarterback in the aftermath of the. You know, wins trade, unfortunately. Um, but if you had to pick, though, I know you said that you, you know, you have your, you, you don't want any more Buckeyes to come here, though. But you just said BPA. But if you, if you were, you know, if you were uh, Martin and you, you know, you, you're on the clock for at eleven, like ideally, where, where, who do you think they could get there that would immediately be able to help next season? Well, that'll be that if they go BPA and Kyle Hamilton's there, then you run to that. You run to the podium. There's yeah. no question about that. You ain't got to wait the ten minutes for that. Just no, no. <laughs> uh, if Garrett, if it's Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, I, I my personal choice is going to be Wilson just because of the upside and he's it's not scratch. He's so, just starting to scratch his surface of his potential. Okay, okay, Are you well, going to get a better route runner in Olave? Are you going to get the probably maybe the better pro? I don't even say I can't even say that you know because well, a lot of times reminds me of Adam Thien. Well, I'm gonna say talk say talk a little bit about that because for for the people listening, Jr. is very plugged into Ohio State football, so he has way more insight on this than you know any than anyone else I know. So as far as skill set, like what's the difference in skill set between an Olave uh, and a Wilson? Well, Wilson is probably the more dynamic of the two. He's been the guy that can he can take the short game like you could give him you could like I'll use for example I think uh, Stroud threw a five yard pass in a game against 
Michigan State. Now, that's the game where they just ran over Michigan State, and he literally took that five-yard green bubble pass and just literally went like 50 yards right down the field. I mean, his ability to accelerate, his ability just to, to come out of his breaks, it's just something. It's really something to watch. I, 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 I when I sit back and I watch him, there's just explosive explosion in almost everything he does, and I don't think he. He has really, really realizes what his potential can be. Chris Olave is a little bit different. He's more the polished, more route runner. He is. He can take the top off of offense, of a defense, obviously because his forty time. But he can do all the routes for you. He can get downfield. He can run, do the curl, slant, all that stuff. He can do that. I just, I'm more intrigued by Wilson's upside than anything. I think he is. He's gonna probably have the best. I, I can safely say I think he's gonna be the better two of the pro, better two of them. I just think. Okay, well, I mean, shoot, that's I mean, that's uh, that's good to know. Now, as far as fit, like hypothetically, let's say they get Wilson here, and now you have a trio of uh, of McLaurin, Samuel, and now Wilson. Uh, you know. Uh, you know, arguably, I actually, I don't even think it would be an argument. I think that would definitely be probably the, the best box. receiving core in the division. That's the because box. Cooper, Cooper is gone. Gallup is coming off injury. You don't know how you don't know how it's going to be. And it, with C.D. Lamb moving, I guess, to, more to the outside now that Cooper's gone, you don't know how he's going to handle the pressure of uh, of, uh, of 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 getting that number one attention. Um, I think it, I, I, it was um, uh, God, uh, Emmanuel Acho who kind of brought this up that we could be seeing a similar situation as what happened with Juju Smith-Schuster when AB left. You know, Juju ate when ate when when he didn't have to be the number one guy and all that attention was going to AB. But the second that he left, Juju hasn't been the same receiver since. Like we thought he could be a number one, and that ended up just not really being the case when he got that attention. And so we could end up seeing a similar thing with C.D. Lamb that now that he's going to be the number one guy where, you know, where, you know, teams are not going to be as focused on Cooper or as focused on Gallup. They're going to be looking to make sure it's him that they stop. So, I, I like, personally, I think that just that trio would be great. But like, where would you like, where would you be playing those guys if you if you if you were in charge of like the roster here? So you have Wilson, you have McLaurin, you have Samuel. Uh, that's tough. I, I'll see McCormick will be my number one. You know how I feel about it. I'm not trying to, sh- I, I'm a <laughs> and I'm not trying to shake Curtis, but I feel Curtis was never, was not truly used the way he was used in Carolina. I view Curtis as more of a weapon player than a number two. But do you, do you trust a rookie? To, because I think if you put Wilson in the slot, I think he can eat, and I think he his he can eat. I just think he would be so phenomenal in the slot. Just initially, oh, start out, he would just just eat. But then you got Denami, then you have Cam Sims. I'm like, eh. well, Cam's so, a free agent this year. I mean, I think oh. I think we're all expecting that he'll probably just be he'll probably be back because Ron and company seem to seem to like him. Um, you know, but yeah, he's a, he's apparently a free agent this year, so there's always a chance that he could also be gone. But um, I do, I do, I do, I, I do like that. Now I'm gonna give you a little bit of pushback on on Samuel, only because um, 
his 2019 year was really he, he was really good. Uh, Josh Norris of um, I don't know who, who he works for now, but Josh Norris actually sat down with J.P. Finley last year and they had to talk about uh, Curtis Samuel. And Josh brought up the fact that like when you when you really look at if you compare Curtis's 2019 to his 2020, what was the major difference? The major difference was he like he didn't have a trash quarterback in 2020 throwing him the ball. He had Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen throwing him the ball before in 2019. And, and, and like he was getting passes that were landing five yards over his head or that would be terribly, terribly inaccurate. And, you know, there were a number of times where he, he, you know, he beat the coverage in front of him. And the unfortunate reality is, you know, just, uh, you know, the quarterback couldn't get, get, get it to him. In fact, I, there's an example I remember directly off the head, uh, off the top of my head. We played them that 2019 game. If you remember, that was the, the, the game that Geis went off. Um, but if you remember, that, that game came, came down to a final drive. They were in field goal range, but they needed a touchdown. And if I remember, Kyle Allen played that game. And there was, like, it was, I guess it was fourth down. Or it was the last play of the game. And Curtis runs a route and is like wide open by himself on the right side of the end zone. Like there's not there's no one within 10 yards of him. But Kyle doesn't see it. So he ends up throwing into coverage on the on the on the left side and like completely, completely missing it. And that was just one of like several examples of like Curtis Samuel just, you know, not not getting the opportunities because his quarterback was not good at being a quarterback. Um, so I think I think he can be a number two. He was definitely paid to come here and be a number two. So I think if they were to get Wilson or even Olave in this case, that they'll start him out at the number two. They'll obviously use him, you know, as as that gadget player that you alluded to. Like he'll be in the backfield. Um, he, they'll be in the slot. They'll put him kind of in line, uh, like next to the tight end, occasionally. But I think that could be that that could that could definitely be like be super 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 dangerous if the, if that's the route that they that they end up going. So staying in the in the same uh, area of the draft. Um, so position wise, wh- where would you rank uh, the positions in terms of need? Like the top three that you know you don't have to give names, but the, like the top three that you need you want to make sure that they are going to address just at some point um in this draft. Receiver, linebacker, and free safety. Now would you are you saying it in that order? I would go in that order. I do I would put a slash quarterback I, I literally put this in erasable marker. <laughs> <laughs> quarterback drops that I like, <laughs> and, I, and I, I will highlight that. If a quarterback drops that I like, I will draft him at eleven or in the second round. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I will probably also have my needs in that order. I like, I like, I, like. Honestly, it's really hard to. It's hard for. Well, it was hard for me to say before because. You know, before today, we still had $33 million in you know, cap space that we no, could use. And, I, like, if they end up cutting Landon Collins and some others, like, we'll, we'll obviously get a little bit more. But I don't think we'll get enough to to get anybody who's really of note. Um, you know, like, Bobby Wagner would be wonderful here. You know, 
he he's the he's the, he's the same age as um, London Fletcher when London Fletcher came to Washington. So it would be great if we were able if we were you know able to afford him. But I don't think we'll I don't think we will we'd be able to to to, to afford that at all. Um, but since we don't really have to worry about free agency, we don't have the room for it. I think mine would probably be there. Would pr- probably be there too. I might have wide receiver and linebacker kind of, you know, kind of side by side, like one A, one B, based on like who's available, who's available there. Because uh, I don't know. Like I think you know, if they were to get Nicobe Dean at, at eleven, cool. If you if they were to get uh, Devin Lloyd, awesome. If they were to get you know. Uh, Alave or or Wilson there, awesome. If they manage to just get someone else from either position group there and they fit what we do, great. But I think those like those 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 two things are things that definitely need to be taken in, taken into uh, account. Because uh, I mean, think about last year. What was the thing? What was the issue that we had last year when Curtis Curtis went down? Diami had some nice plays here and there. But I think a lot of people were kind of underwhelmed with um, what they were expecting, which, you know, I which honestly gets into like this whole other conversation about um, why about, uh, you know, only seeing someone run 50 deep routes in highlight videos and thinking that they're going to get to the NFL and just automatically be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Diami. Like I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Diami takes the takes the next next step because I think he also would be a great contributor, uh, and hopefully he can like not be like Antonio Gandy Golden as far as you know, not really progressing beyond you know where we saw him his rookie yeah. season. Um, but yeah, I think you know getting another receiver in there, even if they don't get one high, because honestly, I don't think that they'll target a receiver high. Um, I think they'll they'll want to add somebody, but I wouldn't be surprised if they make that a day two a day two thing. If they if they go in and try to get someone in the in the second or um well, I guess not the third round. <laughs> oh wait, did they wait, do they have uh that actually reminds me. Do they have comp uh compensation, uh compensatory picks this year? I don't know. Because uh, uh, Brandon's probably leaving, but I don't I don't know. <laughs> But Brandon leaving would not be for that pick wouldn't be, be for this year. It would be for next year, right? That is correct. So, actually, you know what? Would they have gotten one this year for the Trent for Trent Williams? Or I don't know. I might be I might be I might be misremembering. I don't know. I'll I'll have to I'll have to look that up. But I think they'll end up targeting receivers like a day two, maybe a day three, uh, day three ordeal. Um, but I, I think with them, they definitely want to make sure that they address linebacker. And honestly, I'll ask you this, like assuming that they don't get, you know, uh, Pickett or, um, or Willis at 11, let's say they're like, you know, maybe, you know, second round, we want to, we want to get, get someone. Is there a name that you would be happy to see them take in the second or later rounds? Uh, it would be Desmond, but then that's my Ohio bias showing up. But yeah, <laughs> but um, I wouldn't mind seeing Desmond because he makes sense. Um, actually, uh, saw I was watching. I actually saw the YouTube from uh, JT Sullivan on him 
this yeah this morning yeah so. part three today yeah, yeah. I, i'm in the middle of that so he, he gets some fair criticism some oh fair for criticism. sure i, I think he, he has really good traits yeah like i i like his traits i was high on him last year when i thought he might when i thought he might come out last year last year i might have been like you know hey if they take like a like a third, like a third, they spend a third or a fourth on, on him. Like, I, I think that would be good value for him. Cause I do think even with the issues that like the, the glaring issues that he has, I think that one, I think he, he has the ability to be a leader. I mean, considering what that Cincinnati squad did this year Two, I think he has the arm talent and he's shown that he can make good decisions. Um, so like, I, I would say like, yeah, if, if I had to take a flyer, Desmond would probably be, uh, probably my pick. I don't know if I would go second round, which is probably where he would, he'll put, he'll get, he'll get taken. Um, uh, but yeah, like if, if they got him in the third, I, I would, I would definitely be, uh, um, be okay with that. But yeah, man, I, I just, I don't know with, with, like with this team, you just, you just can't, you just can't tell. And, you know, I, I am curious about, you know, next year. Um, I saw, you know, people were talking about C.J. Stroud being the hot the hot new QB next year. What? what? <laughs> I don't know about uh, in fact, that. In fact, uh, Chad, Chad Ryan on uh, Twitter was, was, uh, was, was, was saying, mentioned C.J. as one of, the, one, of the, uh, one of the three better options you may be able to get next year. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, can't, I can't just say that. I mean. DJ really impressed me as the season went on. He really he elevated his game up. It went up. It didn't go. It went up, and I'm, I was very yeah, that. yeah. And I think they were talking about like it, I think Caleb Wilson will be eligible next year, yeah. or maybe it's okay. Yeah, it's Caleb Wilson is someone um, who who can end up being eligible. So like you'll have better options uh, next year um, for for this team. Um, but yeah, man, I just I don't I don't know what to I don't know what to think. So I guess to to before we before we get out of here, I'll uh, I'll ask you uh, just two things: one about free agency, and one about what today is. Um, so as far as you know, free agency, you know, a number of guys are expected to you know are are, are going to be gone or, or likely not coming back. Um, Brandon Scherf is likely not going to be is not going to uh, be coming back. Probably uh, Bengals. You know, <laughs> yeah, Bengals or or even I could see uh, Miami. I could see Miami making a play for him too. Honestly, um, I mean, like he's going to command a, a a a ton of money wherever he end up he ends up going. Um, but J D McKissick is also a a free agent. A free yep, agent. Uh, John Bostic is a free agent. Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Cam Sims, Cornel- Cornelius Lucas. Uh, Bobby McCain is also a free agent. Tory McTire, Ricky Seals Jones, um, and then a number of others. Oh, DeAndre Carter is uh, is one also, and uh, Joey Sly. Those are those, that's it as far as like significant. Oh, I'm sorry, Tim Settle also. Tim Settle is also a free agent. Oh, he is. Uh, yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. Good. I don't. Good. Yeah, yeah. And he's a, uh, he's a, uh, whatchamacallit, he's um, a, uh, what do you call it? I was going to say undrafted free agent, but he's, uh, like, there's no limits to to him, to his free agency. Yeah. So, yeah, so, where, 
So of those names I listed, or even of names that I didn't list, and I'll say them again, Brandon Scherf, uh, Fitzpatrick, well, Fitzpatrick's not coming back. But Brandon Scherf, John Bostic, Cam Sims, Cornelius Lucas, J.D. McKissick, Bobby McCain, Adam Humphreys, Tory McTire, Ricky Seals-Jones, DeAndre Carter, Joey Sly, and Tim Settle. Like, of those names, is there any, like, who of those guys would you say we should make an attempt to bring back? Or, you know, which guys we are you like, you know what? Thank you for your service, but, you know, we can we can upgrade here. Uh, most definitely Settle. Settle was part of that rotation. He did admirable before when, uh, who was out? Was it in pain or was it uh, Allen was out for like some some games? He was very admirable. For I think they both missed time because I feel like Payne, Payne missed a game. Payne missed at least one game. I know Allen definitely missed a game this year. I think Payne might have missed one too. I could I could be misremembering, but either way. I'll most definitely try to bring back Settle. I, I mean, that would, that would be my thing. And McKissick. Well, the, the, well here, here's the thing with Settle. Here's the question. Here's the question with Settle is that he he like he's obviously played well enough. Uh, people even outside of this area have been like, you know, Tim Settle could probably start somewhere. He could be somebody's yeah. starting nose tackle or starting D tackle. So the question then becomes, if you bring Settle back, are you letting Payne walk? That's the question. That's the main because question nobody wants to answer. For for me personally, like. I like I've never fully understood like dangling Jerron Payne in the in in like all these trade talks. Like obviously we know that if you want to keep all these, you know, these are our, our core linemen, you're gonna you're going to have to pay them. And Payne plays arguably the most thankless position, which is nose tackle, which is a position like you're you're not gonna get stats. Like that's not a position you look at and you're like, oh yeah, no, he got this many sacks. You know, it's it's a thankless position. But Payne has been one of our best linemen. I mean, even even this year, he um I don't remember who he played. Was it was it Carolina? Um yeah, I think it was Carolina where he had that final hit on Cam that won us the game, that sack on Cam that won that that, that won us the game. Like yeah, well, Payne yeah. Payne is for me probably our best lineman that isn't Jonathan Allen. John, like John, John Allen deserved this, his contract, but I think Payne earned, has earned a contract too. So, like, I think a lot of fans are kind of under underestimating how good Deron Payne actually is, because you know he's not again he's not someone you're going to look at and see a bunch of sack totals, because that's not the nature of being a nose tackle. You're not going to get those kind of numbers. But like, if you had to pick, like, are you are are you are you letting Payne walk when you re-sign Settle, or, you know, are you are you going to give Payne? Because I think they they took his fifth year option, so like, are you going to, you know, try to work something out with Payne and just you know, try you know let's let Settle walk. Like personally, I'm in the, I'm with you. Like I would love to keep both of them. I think that they they need to keep uh, both of them. I think part of the reason that their run defense was as good as it has been. Is because of that rotation of Ionitis, Allen, um, Payne, and Settle. But if you had like if if you were GMing here, like like how would like how do you think you would approach it? Uh, 
the see the thing is with Saddle, I I swear I remember him taking out all his watches and stuff on his IG. Or anything else on it was his LX. I think that was recent. He took down all his Redskin affiliated stuff off his IG, put all his Alabama stuff, and that was it. And that's when the rumors were starting that he was going to be on the trading block. I think you mean with, like you mean pain for Deshaun. Oh, you you mean pain that got blown up. That, but wait, do you mean I, I you mean pain? Wait, do you gonna, mean pain to settle? It was pain. I, okay. I it was Deron pain. Because I think I went to his IG like two weeks ago, and there was still nothing about Washington on there. So I I I thought that, and especially after the fight, which you know, I, I have my own views about that fight. I thought that was kind of, you know, things kind of got out of hand, blah 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 blah. But yeah, I think Payne kind of took that to a, uh, took that personal, and he responded like with these new what these kids do. That he responded by showing down his IG. How he felt. I thought that was, he was just he was kind of telling Washington goodbye, because you know that's the first thing they do. They start taking down their i their all their team affiliation on their IG, and they're just like bye bye. You know, that's what what these new age athletes do. Yeah. So I thought I, I I still think he doesn't have anything Washington related on his IG. So I thought he was he was gone or he was putting himself on the trade block. I don't know. I I. I would, I would try to keep him, but if if somebody comes off me and something for Deron Payne, I'm going to listen. I mean, I'm, I'm going to listen. They're off me a first or maybe a, even a second round pick. I'm listening. I'm listening. But but you're listening with the assumption that you're able to bring Tim Settle back, right? That is correct. Because I've seen like I've um I've some I've seen some people, you know, say that we should. Uh, we should uh we should maybe go de tackle at um you know we we should maybe go de tackle at eleven and I don't I don't know how I necessarily feel about about that um just a side note I'm on so I'm on Duran's uh, Instagram right now uh, he posted well his I mean his profile picture is is him in uniform he's uh, okay. you know him him in uniform. And uh, he also posted a clip because apparently he was on Good Morning Football uh, earlier today. Um, so I guess that's I guess that's that's definitely something. But yeah, no, like I I, I do think uh, like I agree with you in terms of you know, th- that is what young like athlete these athletes tend to do now. And part of me wondered if it was because of um, you know like because there was some speculation that they were that you know they would try they would maybe try to get his deal done this year. To try to get um, his deal done this year with the assumption, with you know, assuming that the cap is going to continue to grow uh, because you know it's over over things like 208 million this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know they would try to work out these deals now because I think next year you have to worry about Montez. Um, um, next year you have to worry about Montez, and then obviously not long after you're gonna have to worry about Chase. Um, so there was like I thought maybe that might have been a reaction to that that maybe you know like not only is it the his name is constantly being floated in trade talks for you know Wilson or Watson or, or whomever um, but just also that it's just you know they, they're not showing him the money and you know that's that that's the thing to do now like uh, when you have a year or two up and you've been productive like hey where's the bag 
like you know show show me the show me the money um like yeah. if if I, like, if I had to pick like I would probably pick pain over over settle like but again I, I might like I'm also of that mindset of like now that we've given up <laughs> multiple third round picks you know I you know if if I'm able to keep settle and someone is offering uh, a first or a second for pain like I'm listening for sure absolutely I, you know, I, I think they absolutely need to look into recouping, uh, re- recouping some of that compensation for, for Wentz. And then in addition to that, you know, keep looking to add to this team because, you know, the, the unfortunate reality is, like, even if they were to have gotten Wilson or if they were to get Watson or if they were to have gotten Rodgers or, you know, whatever the case may be, this team is not a quarterback away. Now, obviously, having the quarterback will mask a lot of those issues. That's correct. You know, they, it, it can it can definitely mask a lot a lot a lot of issues. You know, like I mean, Cincinnati made the Super Bowl, and you know, obviously, there's a lot of spec. There's a lot of talk about taking Jamar Chase over Penae Sewell, and Cincinnati looks like they made the right choice considering, you know, they were only a handful of plays from being uh, champions this year. Um, which, which again shows that QB can 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 definitely mask some stuff, but yeah, they they just need to make sure they keep infusing, uh, infusing and getting more and 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 more talent. Like if I have to talk about the free agents, I would love for them to bring Ricky Seals Jones back. Um, I I think even though John Bates John Bates is great, and I think John Bates um, will obviously take over as tight end two this year. We don't know if Samus is going to be, you know, is, is Samus going to be able to take be tight end number three this year, or even where he is in his development in becoming an NFL player. So I would like to see them, hey, you know, bring bring uh, bring RSJ back. You know, him him and Bates can alternate between the tight end two or three spot. Um, and, and in addition to that, uh, Logan Thomas is not young. You know, he's he's not a young tight end either. So. You know, that's uh, I mean, that's just something to, to to take into account. I think they obviously need to bring JD back. Um, yeah. I think I think just the two-headed monster of him and AG is incredible. I want them to keep expanding AG's role, but McKissick needs like needs to continue to be a part of it because I think, you know, with the, with as creative as we as we know Scott Turner can be, imagine having. Your plug-and-play options being Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Curtis Samuel, and Jared Patterson, and that's just your backfield. Yep. <laughs> like, uh, so I would, I would like for, I would like for J.D. to, um, to obviously come back. I want Joey Sly to come back. Um, I was a fan of his in Carolina. Um, I was in the pro get rid of Dustin Hopkins camp. <laughs> well, who was? It? I was. Uh, oh, oh. I, well, you know the people at that one radio station were not. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I want, I, I want him to be back. I think DeAndre Carter can 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 be back because it it gives you more consistency. Uh, one as a at returner because he was a, he was a great returner last year. He did really awesome. In terms of um, giving flipping field position, um, not and then again he showed his value as a slot receiver. Like we haven't had a a like a good slot receiver since they let Jamison since they let Jamison walk, which was a mistake. Yeah, I was still I was still content. It was a it was a, it was a grand mistake uh, for, for for them to 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 do that. And it's kind of crazy too because you know 
we we could have had uh you know we 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 had you know Jackson Garcon and and Crowder and that that was a deadly deadly trio but that's that's neither it's neither here nor there um but yeah as far as free agents I think those are those are the guys they definitely need to bring back if they can find some way to you know have money for uh for um you know Bobby Wagner like hey <laughs> make it happen you know if they if uh you know if uh, if they can find a way to bring Cornelius Lucas back so he can be like that swing tackle that they like to use for their jumbo packages. Hey, cool. Make it work. But most of these other guys I feel like are replaceable. I mean, there's some guys I didn't even, um, I didn't even, I didn't even mention. Uh, Danny Johnson's a free agent this year. Uh, John Toth, Keith uh, Ishmael is a, is a uh, free agent this year. Oh, everyone's favorite safety. Troy Apke is a free agent this year. Um, but yeah, most of these other guys, I'm like, yeah, these are these are pretty forgettable as far as I'm concerned. Oh, Bobby McCain. That's the other one. Bobby McCain needs to come back too. Because I, I do think that, um, and I, I think it was Mark Bullock who did the analysis and was like, the best safety tandem that they had last year was when they had Bobby playing deep, Cam also playing, you know, one half, or, you know, or at least like closest to the line. And then Landon was obviously playing like that kind of uh, Buffalo linebacker uh, sort of role. And even if they were to get Kyle Hamilton, I think Bobby McCain gives you some versatility because he can also play the slot, um, which I think they need. I mean, I think they need to get a cornerback this year, honestly, too. Because, um, you know, they, mm-hmm. they obviously they obviously they obviously struggled in, in that regard last year. Well, yeah, Kyle Fuller struggled, but I don't. You mean Kendall? Kendall. Well, I mean, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like four. It's like four of them in the league, so I, I get mean, it. I guess he's a candidate to get released or whatever, but I don't think they're. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't think they're released Fuller. I, I think. I think he has too much value simply because he can play inside, outside, and safety. Yeah, true. I now, now next year he might not be safe, but this year I think he is. I don't know. They just need a. Because it's been like they've been rumored to be in, in, in conversations with Joe Hayden and Patrick Peterson. I'm like, what? Are you serious? I mean, I'm not. I'm not a Joe Hayden fan. So, I, yeah, they can miss me. <laughs> I, I would. I probably wouldn't be a be a fan of that. Uh, Patrick Peterson, you could you could maybe talk me into it, but I know that he's not the player that he once was either. Nope. So, I I I I, I don't know. I mean, if they if they think they can you know they can get a good year out of out of him and they can maybe put Fuller back in the slot, it's, hey, make it work. Um, but yeah, I think that that that's uh that's like one that's absolutely just kind of uh, uh what they need to do. Um, do you have any other thoughts on uh, free agency before we uh we get to the end here? No, no. You know. All right, so all right, so uh. Before before we get out of here, the last thing we want to talk about is, uh, you know, today is a special day um, <laughs> for a lot of for a lot of uh, people in our fandom because it is the 10 year anniversary of Washington making that trade with uh, the then St. Louis Rams to go up to number two to get the rights to you know obviously get RG three. Um, and you know, I know how you feel about what happened with Robert's time here, and you know that I'm 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 one thousand uh, percent in the in the same boat. But uh, but looking back, 
Um, if you were like, do you think that that was that was still the right move, despite how poorly uh, he was managed while he was in Washington? Like, do you think it was still um, a good decision to do that? You know, a decade ago. I I feel it's a good move, even though I have that means I'm endorsing Shanahan, which I don't want to do. But yeah, that, actually, I'm actually endorsing Dan Snyder at that time because he played such a pivotal. Yeah. That in that trade, but yeah, that was obviously that was just the perfect move because I don't care what anybody says or how you feel about Robert. Um, you know his tenure how it ended was not the greatest, but 2012 was a magical season. I I think that first game against the Saints where I wasn't expecting Washington to win, but they I don't think any of us were stomped them out, and I was like, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> I was imagine you and you knew you knew from I think it was what game was it? It was the it was I think it was that game when they went to New Orleans and then it was the the game where I think they were three and six and they made that turnaround that what was it? They they finished ten and six a year. I But I think they were already going into playoffs at Minnesota. I think so too. I think Minnesota was Early, because if I remember correctly, they were three and six going into the into the bye, um, and then after did they play Minnesota? Right, they, um, I'm looking now. So they they played yeah they played Minnesota week six that year. They didn't have their bye was week ten. So yeah, so yeah, so they um yeah, so they they beat New Orleans and they lost to both the Rams and Bengals in back-to-back weeks. Yep. And they beat the Buccaneers. They lost to the Falcons, but that was also the game that Robert uh, had the concussion. And so he missed the remainder of that game. And yeah, then he bad. came back the following week against the Vikings. That's where he had the the legendary, at yes, least legendary in, in our region, legendary that 76-yard run. Yeah, the one that Kirk Cousins on the side looking all pissed off. And I just, yeah. <laughs> Big hater energy. Yep. Uh, then the following week was the game that they should have won against the Giants. If you if you remember, that was that was the game. That was the game where he hit Santana on that wheel route out of the slot. Out of the slot, that should have been the game-winning touchdown. But then our Jim Hazlitt-led defense immediately oh, yeah. gave up an 80-yard touchdown to Victor Cruz. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that because I had Victor Cruz in fantasy that year. I'd be up. And then the following week is when they when we got blown out by the uh, in our in our uh, bumble in, by the Bumblebee Steelers. We'll never we'll never forget that uh, that one. And then the uh, before the last game before the bye was the was Pan- the Panthers game. Yeah. And then after after that was when they rattled off the several game straight. So we actually played the Eagles in that first in that uh, that first game after the bye. Um, if I remember that game, that that game was. If I remember, that was the game that was also that was also significant because uh, Brandon Merriweather came back that year or came back that game. Yeah. yeah. And he also had he also had an interception that game, um, which I thought was significant because you know didn't didn't think he was he was uh, all that great. But then after that was the uh, the Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys. Yeah, and the following was the Monday night game against the Giants. Um, then the following game was unfortunately the game that that also lives in infamy here, 
that dreaded uh, Baltimore Ravens game. I was actually in the stadium for yeah, that. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, it was uh, it was in the stadium for that. Still don't know how Richard Crawford got caught by the punter, but it's a whole other thing. Um, so yeah, Browns, Eagles, and then obviously uh, the uh, Cowboys game to uh, to win the, to to win the division. But yeah, I uh, no, I, I I agree. I think even though I don't want to vilify uh, Dan Snyder or Mike Shanahan in in that I do ultimately think it was the it was the right move because that was the move that like that was just the thing you had to do when you know that you needed to get a quarterback and while I would have liked for things to have turned out different and you know honestly under a bet in a better organization it probably would have turned out very yeah, differently. I ultimately still think that it was it was the right move, and I think that it was very significant because I agree. Like that that twenty twelve, like I remember how energized the entire area was after they traded to make this move because of what it meant. It meant that they were going to get they they were going to get him, you know. Like, I mean, after surviving a year of watching Rex Grossman and John Beck, <laughs> you needed to do something. To you know, to get fans excited, and I think that that was the right move, both off the field because it it definitely got the fan base excited, but also on the field, uh, simply because you know we needed something to be excited about. Like, what what did what did we have to cheer for at that point? You were in, you know, we had been through two years of Mike Shanahan. We had we had we had gone through that year of uh, questioning the cardiovascular endurance of Donovan McNabb. <laughs> um, then, then uh, you know, I mentioned the 2011 year, and then yeah, like we needed something to care about, especially yeah. when you when you chose to when you chose to go with uh, Mike Shanahan over hiring Greg Williams. Um, that you know in, two, in 2009, so I think it was the right move, and even though things didn't work out, I'm happy that they happened. Because that 2012 season is going to be special, to I think, for you, for me, and for a lot of people who are fans of this fan base. Because we remember that it, for at that point, it felt like we had hope. You yep. know? It felt, it, felt, it felt like we had hope. There's a reason that um, – this is a throwback. But there's a reason that Griffining was a thing after that Saints game. You know? It, 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 there's, there's a reason – that you know that that you know that we got the we we got the um the the Monday night and the Sunday night games. There's a reason that you know we have iconic moments from that season. You know because we I mean we not only got Robert but we got Alfred and they the two of them made made that season special. You know I I, I won't even lie I occasionally still go back and watch highlights uh, from that season. You know I I, I think about the 76 yard run. I think about Alfred's um, three three touchdown uh, day uh, in the, the the game to to beat Dallas, the last game of the season. Most notably, that 32 yard run where he's like, you know, outrunning people and shifting through, and the fact that he just really wouldn't go down. Yep. I think all that's special, and you know, I'm I'm glad that you know we got to experience that we as a fan base got to experience that. Yep. All right. Well, uh, Jr. I want to thank you for uh, for being on with me to you know talk about this embarrassment of a football organization. Um, you know, hopefully, 
you know, I, I don't have high expectations for, for Wentz or for what they're going to do this offseason. The only thing I can hope is that, you know, that you and I are wrong about how things are going to go and that, you know, we won't a be. year from, uh, like, I don't think we will be, but no, hopefully. we won't be. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Oh, oh, try, oh try, I I'm, guarantee I'm, you. I guarantee you. Oh, no, no, I'm with you because I, I, can, I can guarantee it to you. I just just hope that there's like even a 0.1% chance can can be wrong about about this. So I definitely want to thank you for coming on to, to, to talk with me. Uh, again, for all of you listening, thank you for uh, c- coming on for another episode of GGR Post Game. Again, make sure you go to greatgeekrefuge.com to check out earlier episodes of Post Game as well as other episodes of our other podcasts and content. Make sure you go and follow us on social media, Great Geek Refuge pretty much everywhere. Once again, thank you, JR. I'm MC Brooks. Peace out. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy.